0: Our scripture reading today is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 11, and you can follow along on page 8 in your worship folder slash bulletin. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our Lord endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid says to the towns of judah here is your god see the sovereign lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm see his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him he tends his flock like a shepherd he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart he gently leads those that have young this is the word of the lord
1: Well, we continue in our searching during this in-between time, during this time of waiting, of advents. Last week we were searching for hope, and this week we are searching for peace, as this is the Sunday of peace. It's also the Sunday of John the Baptist, and so John the Baptist in Luke is said to be this person who cries out in the wilderness, making way for the Lord. And that's the reason why this passage is where we're at today. December is traditionally a month where we begin to think, once we get through all of our Christmas activities and parties and wrapping up school and preparing for summer and all those other things, we begin to think about the coming new year. And as we prepare for the coming new year, often what happens in the month of December is we begin to see lists appear. We begin to see sort of uh, retrospective looks over the year that was. What was the top 10 books or movies? There won't be any of those this year. What were the top 10 things that happened? The top 10, who was the person of the year? And we look back and say, what was the year like? Wow. Wow it is going to be an interesting month. Both globally, nationally, locally, and personally, we all in some way can look at 2020 and think to ourselves, I hope 2021 has nothing to do, looks nothing like the year we've just lived through. It was absolutely mental. It was completely out there. There were things that took place that now, thinking about it, we can maybe look back and we don't even realize it happened in this year. Think about it. The beginning of the year started with bushfires that were ripping through. We thought probably when that was happening, that's going to be the story of 2020. It is almost an asterisk, a footnote of something that took place before something else. And in those moments, we can become very overwhelmed. And rightfully so. It seems like the world is filled with chaos and it is going out of control. And our desire at that point is to grab a hold of something that will bring us peace. Something that will bring the inner turmoil that we have and the outer turmoil that we see and bring it to resolution, to peace. How do you define peace? What are the things that you think about when you think about peace? Maybe for you, peace is just a night of uneventful sleep. That if I could just make it from the time that I went to sleep to the time that I woke up in the morning, maybe six, seven, eight hours of uninterrupted, uneventful sleep. Some of you have many reasons why that might be peace to you. Maybe you have a small child that's in your house that's waking you up. Maybe you have memories that you're dealing with that are waking up. Maybe you have aches in your body that when you turn over, they wake you up. But you just think peace would be an evening of sleep. Maybe you're like those of old who thought a gigantic castle with a moat around it would bring me peace. That if I had enough protection, enough things and battlements, that would fortify my position of power, then I would have peace. Nobody would be able to come in. And so you think to yourself, how can I be most protective of who I am? How can I guard my heart from being hurt again in relationships? And we build a fortress and a castle around our hearts. Maybe for you, peace has nothing to do with out there and nothing even to do with relational things. But if you could just get your mind to stop going over every possible worst-case scenario that could take place. And then you look at December of 2020, and they begin to remind you of what the year was like. And even more so, you cry out, peace, comfort. We come to this passage in Isaiah as those who are like this nation. At this point, the prophet is coming to us and saying, the Israelite nation has been taken into captivity. They're put away. It seems like the world is bleak and and, and all hope is lost. They're beginning to recognize that it was by our own doing that we've gotten into this place. There were things that we did that have moved us into the place of captivity. We took our eyes off of God and who he is. We've stopped following after him and followed after our own hearts. And it's taken us to bondage instead of the freedom we were looking for. And God says this. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed and that her sin has been paid for. Comfort, peace. That the world may look crazy out there, but I come and I speak over you, comfort. Well, what gives God the ability to do that? What makes him the one who does that? You're going to hear a lot of peas today. It's not very often that I get preachery, but today I'm a little bit preachery. So we're going to hear a lot of peas today. The first one is this, that God is the person of power. We see that quite clearly in this passage. First of all, that he's the one who can come and speak to the nations. He says, tell my people comfort. And then he says, not only that, I'm the one who can forgive all of their brokenness and their sin. Tell them that they are forgiven. That's a powerful person who has the ability to do that. Then we find out that this God is going to make his way straight, which means he's going to change the topography of the world. He's going to lower the the mountains, he's going to raise up the valleys, he's going to make the windy paths straight. That's powerful. It also reminds us that in God's breathing, that he is the one who brings life and he brings death, that he's the one that holds all of those things together. So as he breathes, we fade. It tells us that God's word endures forever. Forever, ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. That's powerful. It's not temporal. It's not short. It is for eternity and then in verse 10, it just makes it very clear. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his, he rewards, his reward is with him. He comes in power. And so in our search for peace, the first thing that we need to recognize is that it will not come by our own power or the power of those who are placed in authority over us, but it only comes from the one who is all-powerful who is almighty, who is high and lifted up. And it is in him alone, this God who is magnificent and mighty, that he says to us, comfort, comfort, peace. The second thing that we see is this searching for peace has a pathway. And this pathway is the one that God has designed, the one that... This God brings up and puts down the one where he makes straight. He says, a voice calls out in the wilderness, preparing a way for the Lord. Make straight the deserts, the highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up and every mountain and hill made lower. The rough ground shall become level and the rugged places a plain. Oftentimes when we're seeking for peace, we make our pathway more of a struggle because we put our hope in places that will not bring it. If I only get this done, if I only mend this thing, if only this would happen. We have aspirations and dreams that think my life of turmoil will be done if I can't accomplish this thing. And by saying that, all of a sudden, this path that has been made straight by God, we put a little crook in. This even path, we decide that maybe I will need to go up this hill a little bit on my own. We forget that we are following the powerful God. And we desire our own path, not the path that he has made. And he cries out to us, comfort. Comfort. That's what I'm bringing to you in the midst of all of this. And our hearts say that's what we want. But we want it on our own way and our own path. And he says even louder, comfort, comfort to us. The third thing that we see as we're trying to search for this peace is that it is not about us, but it is about the person that God is bringing. I said earlier that in Luke we see this. John the Baptist, it says this about him. He went out and this voice was crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and the rough places shall become level and all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord. Who was he pointing to? Who was John the Baptist? He was pointing to Jesus. And so here in Isaiah, it's a person that brings us the peace that we desire. And that person is Jesus. It is in Christ that the fullness of God dwells, this powerful God who speaks comfort, comfort over us. And he comes in Christ to bring that comfort to reality. He comes to endure forever. It's interesting here when he's talking about the the fact that people are like grass, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Remember that John recognizes Jesus as God's final word. It's it's not just these words. It's what these words point to, which is the word, Jesus Christ, the person who comes. And how does this Jesus, this one who is the savior of the world, this one who comes to show us who God is, how does he say to us, comfort, comfort? He steps in to the mess and the mire. He steps in to the brokenness. He walks outside of the narrow straight path in order to bring the valleys up and the hills down. He's the one that is making it possible for the path to be straight for us because he walks the path himself. And as he walks it in the train of his glory, things are being changed and transformed, topographically altered so that we can have a clear path to God. He breaks it down for us by becoming part of it. He breaks it down to us and says, comfort, comfort, by taking it on to himself. Even so much more to walk the path to the cross. And so as we're searching for peace, we recognize that it is a person of power that makes our path possible, that leads us to the person of Jesus. And then there is a response that we have. And in that response, that response is one of praise. Listen to what the prophet says here. says this, you who bring good news to Zion, go up on the high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. (laughs) Lift it up and do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. There's this moment of praise that Isaiah is saying, as you find your comfort, as you find that peace that only Jesus provides, that leads us to the person of the powerful God, when you find that, you do not hold that in. You reach out and you begin to praise who he is in your life, in your deed, and in your word. You say, this is the one who has brought me peace. This is the one who has brought me comfort. C.S. Lewis says this in his Reflections of the Psalms The world rings with praise. Lovers praising their mistresses, readers their favorite poets, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their favorite game, praise of the weather of wine, of dishes, of actors, of motors, of horses, of colleagues and colleges, countries, historical personages, children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, rare beetles, even sometimes politicians and scholars. Just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that's magnificent? I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise is not merely expressed but completes the enjoyment by bringing others in. If you are searching for peace and you begin the process of seeing this powerful God who walks the path for us in the person of Jesus to bring us to that peace, when we discover it and begin to hold on to it, we can't help but then praise God and proclaim it to those that are around us. We stand high on the hill and we shout it out. And as we do that, we remind ourselves and those around us that there is a powerful God who leads a path to bring us to the person who can show us comfort, who brings us to peace. And so even though things will bombard us, and even though trials will come, and even though in the midst of calamity around the world, there's a moment of clarity that might take place because we are of people that are in the process of praising, not blindly, but because we've walked the path and we've seen the person leading us. That's difficult, though. It's hard for us to do that. It's hard for us to have trust and belief that that's what will happen. As we begin to watch 2020 wrap up and all those things that they'll start telling us about about this year, and just how crazy it is and was. There'll be moments for each one of us, whether because of the global massiveness of it or because of individual things that have happened in our lives that we'll think to ourselves, I don't know. I don't know. And that's the reason why the the prophet here leads us to an understanding. If we are searching for peace, it is all about peace our position. The Sovereign Lord comes with power and He rules with a mighty arm. See, His reward is with Him. His recompense occupies Him. He, the God, who is mighty and magnificent, the One who holds the world together, who is powerful and makes our way through His path to the person of Jesus for our peace. He gathers the lambs in His arms and He carries them close to his heart. And he gently leads the young. If you have been captured by Jesus, this person who walked the path to bring us to peace in Christ, your position is one of a lamb who is where? Close to God's A shepherd picks up a lamb because he doesn't want it to go astray. He wants to protect that lamb, and he puts that lamb against the chest. We find peace when we recognize our position is not to fight. Our position is not to make our own path. Our position is not to search for our own means. Our position is to hear the heartbeat of God that says to us, that he does through Jesus Christ who made the way. John the Baptist proclaims this. He says, this is Jesus. He is coming. He is the one who is the peace. He is the one who is the comfort. But not only at that time, for the time to come as well, that we stand in the in-between, in the now and not yet, in the waiting. And we can too say, yes, Christ has come and Christ will come again. We don't know what all that looks like. We don't understand the glory that that will reveal. But what we do know is that if I rest in my position at the heart of God, that when the heart beats, beats, I will know who it is. And when Christ appears, I will know who he is and be ready and waiting. I've told you a couple of times that Shannon and I like to walk in the morning on the beach. And um, this particular week, we were walking yesterday and we were having lots of conversations about things, but also we were looking for rocks because we want you to bring rocks in during the Advent season, and we're going to build little Ebenezers of testimony, of witness of what God has done. And so we were looking for rocks as well. And as we were looking for rocks, there was this one rock that was kind of sitting there, and around that rock there was a, a, a pool of water that had kind of come up, and it was kind of washing around that rock, but that rock was staying still, so a wave would kind of roll in, and it would wash, but that rock was heavy enough that it was staying still. It was right there, right, on some sand. Now, that sand that was around that rock kind of was going away, but there was still this amount of sand that was underneath that rock, and it was holding it up, and I thought to myself, how cool that is. God's the sand that's holding up the rock that is us. because that would be too easy. God's peace is the rock that's pushing down on us, keeping us centered, holding us tight. And yes, there might be bits and pieces of us that seem to be flying away in the pain and the agony of the rushing water, but there is something underneath that is holding on. Now, I know physics dictates that this is a terrible analogy, but it's working, so go with me. That rock is heavy and it holds. And there's some sand that will never leave out from underneath it. Now, when God's peace pushes on us, it can sometimes be painful. When God's peace pushes on us, it can sometimes feel crushing. But when we stop and look and we see that everything else has faded away except for the rock, that has kept us solid, then we can hear most clearly God say, comfort, comfort, comfort. Let me pray. Father, You are good and all You do is good. You hold us in Your arms. You bring us in and You search after us. You long for us to be with You. And then you made it possible through Jesus Christ. We hold on to the promise that He is, that He came to seek and to save those who were lost, those who needed comfort and peace. Father, if there's anything that was not of you today, we ask that it will burn up and be done away with. But if there was something that was from you today, that it will dig deep into our hearts, take root so that it will bring glory to you and transform us to do good works. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand up as we sing together in response?